Welcome to the TriTech Games Podcast. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Amber. This is Paul. Welcome to the TriTech Games Podcast, your podcast of find me someplace safe because I'm afraid of being eaten by zombies. Brains. This week, we decided to return to the topic of zombies because uh, apparently other people have been running zombie uh, adventures, and I'm going to be running one at Gen Con. And I just want to remind you all because it's going to be not too long before Gen Con uh, registration for events opens up and you all have a chance to be in it. But we also wanted to talk about this because there's a Warm Bodies movie out there and people are just thinking about zombies. So uh, the topic this week is where do you think would be the best place or best kind of place uh, to hole up for the zombie apocalypse? And we're talking about something a little bit long-term, not just the first week, but something that will let you keep going for, let's say, a couple months and preferably up to a year. So uh, we don't really need to talk. To, oh, we, well, I guess we need to say something about what kind of zombies we're talking about. And I know there's so many, so many different kinds of zombies. And I pretty much I think everybody's going to have to say, when I chose this, this is what kind of zombies I was thinking about. I think we all kind of agree that the that the ninja zombies that climb on the on the ceiling that we saw in one of the uh, land of the uh, you know the land of the dead or whatever type movies uh, is a little bit just I mean if you don't have automatic weapons and you know fire and forget missiles you, those guys are just going to take you out there's just no hope for you or the bone or the bonies I think from uh, warm bodies I haven't just seen those yeah. Yeah, there's just from what I can gather, they're just as bad. Yeah, I mean, a, a, a fast zombie, you know, you could probably survive that. You know, uh, a slow zombie, of course, is, is the traditional ones. Uh, and you know, we're and we are talking about, you know, and we're not talking about infected, unless of course they're infected with zombieism. You know, the kind of yeah. the Walking Dead idea. Well, well, that's no. Well, originally, Walking Dead was something just made the zombies rise up from the graves, so that could have just been supernatural. Right, right. But I'm just saying is that the way most people are treating zombies these days, as if there was some kind of infection involved, but they really are zombies because when you get down to the nitty gritty, there's it doesn't make sense that they're still moving around. Right. So they're basically supernatural type zombies, but under the veneer of of pseudoscience. Anyways, well, well, no, because you can make a case for I mean, there's you know those there are those zombie ants yeah, that yeah, are caused yeah. by a fungus. But, nah, you know. nah, nah, nah. John, <laughs> okay, <laughs> With different show, different show. Yeah, okay. You know, anyways, the point is that John, you will have your opportunity to say this is the kind yeah. of zombie that I was talking about. So yeah. that's all I want to really say. Uh, yeah. I just wanted to say that you know we're we're probably going to you know be fairly generalized as far as the zombies concerned, and we're going to probably exclude the most. You know the you know the the, the intelligent zombies and the super uh, superhuman 
uh, strong or ninja type zombies because I think nobody except only in certain novels and such can ever survive those. Okay. Anyway, so who wants to be first? Crickets. I Crickets. suppose I'll do it. All right. Okay. Amber, you're up. <laughs> first. How, how do you imagine surviving the zombie apocalypse? Well, first you're going to need a lot of gasoline. And not for big fires and all of that stuff, but just for basic utilities. Uh, if you have gasoline, you have a source of heat, you have a, a, a means to power uh, uh, appliances, and I guess you could use it as last-minute resources and, and yeah, but I can't braid right now. Um, but as far as location, I would think that a motel would be surprisingly good. I found this when I was playing The Walking Dead, and it does seem very logical that if you're going to group with other people and work together to try and survive an epidemic of any sort, motels will give you enough room that you're not all cramped in the same quarters. And if you build up barricades uh, in the right places, you can block off the parking lot to have a general common area for everyone to be outside, get some fresh air, get exercise or storage or keep watch. Just, it seems beneficial. I guess that's the word. Okay. So, uh, where are you getting your food? Um, good question. I haven't really worked that one out, I guess. Okay. We're under the assumption that the epidemic would be something that happened overnight, nothing that you can really prepare for. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say either make sure that wherever you are setting up camp would be near either a mall or a quick mart or something that you are capable of going to to get your supplies okay. or if that's not an option then maybe move further out into the country and try and establish some sort of farm okay. well if the reason I was asking the question is because that most mall, I mean, most motels tend to be clustered together with other motels. And if they're not, they're still clustered close to gas stations and quickie marts like you were mentioning. Because mm -hmm. a quickie mart, I agree, would be a lousy place to hold up because, I mean, there's no place in there really, you know, to be comfortable in unless you want to lay over a, a case of Coors in the back, you know, in the, in the, in the back location. But it would, yeah. Right. But you would have a, a source of ready food packaged and probably pretty durable there because they don't have a whole – even though they have a refrigerated section, not much, mostly the things that they refrigerate are things that uh, people like refrigerated, but they don't have to be. I would honestly think that if a zombie apocalypse came to be, one of the first things that I would do is go get as much dry goods as I could get my hands on okay and it this is one of the things that i absolutely love richard for living in his old house we have uh, a, a hidden room in the basement behind a, a bookshelf 
door and it's so awesome. So just set up camp in there, grab a cot, oh, yeah, grab some dry that. goods. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It's so awesome. Right. See, now, when we talk about this, because our listeners are gamers and we're gamers, okay, we understand that that we know about the zombie apocalypse. We've had some thought about the zombie apocalypse. So if you suddenly find yourself in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, it wouldn't be like the movies where they're like, what's going on? Why are the, why are people getting up again when, you know, we, they got hit by cars. We'd be going, shoot them in the head, shoot them in the head. Don't you understand? You know, because we get it. Okay. And we are, I kind of assume that as far as doing this, we're coming on the principle that we're people who understand what's going on. And therefore, when we're picking these places, it's not you're doing this with a conscious thought about the place that where you would go once you realized that it's really happening. There really is a zombie apocalypse going down. So, uh, so you, uh, so he, here you are. You got your motel. You got you know places nearby that's got gasoline. You got places nearby that's got some food. Okay. Uh, um, it's possible if you pick a place that's like one of those um, uh, off ramps that has like a you know like a dozen motels and a couple of uh, upper scale um, or but lower but you know not the ritzy ritzy hotels but like you know the the I, I can't think of it you know the the best western garden and stuff like that. There's going to be a, a fair amount of people there, but it's not going to be like being in the middle of an urban area, right? Right. Yeah, so you're going to be limited to dealing with zombies that are in, you know, happen to come off the highway. And I think one of the problems with living in a a, uh, a suburban area uh, or a highly populated city is not only going to be the zombies, but the competition of other people for the resources, for the food. Yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a big problem. The people, the, the other survivors are the ones that are going to be the biggest risk for you. Okay. Um, now, one other question I have for you is that uh, when you think when you're talking about some kind of a uh, motel, now are you're not talking about motel. Uh, are you talking about the motels that have like the first floor and then like a, a set of stairs up to the second floor? But every motel room has a big piece, a big glass window that you know the zombies can beat on until they get in. Or are you thinking about something else? That's essentially what I'm thinking of. And yeah. like I said, they, it, from what I'm imagining, they would probably take abandoned cars or dumpsters, and they would build up a, a wall or a fortress to keep the zombies at least some distance away that they could keep people on the lookout either on the roofs or just standing in the parking lot and just pick off any zombies that stray too near okay, so and still have some semblance of security. Okay, so you're assuming that you're also going to have weapons at this point? Yes. Okay. Okay, so... Yeah, so you, you you basically have gotten weapons, got in in your your car, and driven to this this uh, this cluster motel area to make this your place of holding out until after the apocalypse is over, right? Right. Okay. If, if you just... think about it, this is America, and we have guns. We have lots of guns, and even though we have gun laws coming out to try and restrict what kind of guns you're allowed to have, people are still going to have lots of guns, some more than others, but I honestly don't 
look at any sort of zombie apocalypse situation and not think realistically, does nobody have guns? Somebody is going to have guns. Well, I, I'm sure. It's just a matter of whether you have guns. Do you have a gun, by the way? Me? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. But my father does. There we go. So, my grandfather does. So is dad going to be with you? <laughs> when, you make your, 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 when you make your trek to the, to the thing? I think my dad might be one of the first people turned into zombies. Yeah, that's... Wow. Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> All right. Great. Okay. All right. So, so uh, I'm sorry. So Amber's, uh, our, our first throwdown here is is uh, a uh, non-urban uh, uh, motel cluster. Okay. And, and by the way, Amber, I think that one of the things you could do is you could just simply say everybody's going to be on the second level and you block the stairs. And that might help you out a lot. Or even destroy the stairs. Well, sometimes those are made out of concrete, and that's harder yeah. to do. I suppose you could take one of those cars and drive it through the stairs. That might work. Yeah, but then depending on how much gasoline is still in the car, you might risk an explosion, and, well, there goes your hiding spot. Oh, look. and also you're Cars don't really do that, Amber. You're also going to want the stairs. You're, you're going to want to be able to still get down. I mean, yeah, you don't well, want to destroy all the stairs. Ladders? Rope, rope uh, letters, letters, you know. So upstairs, lowers it, lowers it down. You go down, you do your foraging, come back up. Don't bring your logic into this argument. <laughs> uh, you know, Trav has a good point. You know, uh, it's just how much manpower you have to maintain, you know, your zo your ongoing zombie killing at the top of those stairs is the only, you know, you know as they come up the stairs for you is the only real issue. Okay. All right, so that that's uh, now I ask for people to have more than one thing. Do you have more than one? Um, my my main idea was the the motel, but another thing that I could think oh, of. Okay, no, no, I, I just, just go ahead and think about it. Okay, we'll go to somebody else and we'll rotate back to you. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So who's next? I'll take a crack at it. Go for it, Trav. All right. Um, I work at an auto parts warehouse where I have it, it pretty sturdy building. I mean, it's a warehouse and also the fact that we have, you know, stores and gas stations nearby because my, where I work is, oh, five minutes north of Detroit Metropolitan Airport. So there's gas stations, there's party stores. So we have the food and the gas that we can get to. But my main thing is, is that. There's six million dollars of inventory in there that can be used as weapons. We have chemicals. We have flammables. We have, well, blunt instruments. <laughs> Matter of fact, I just stored like I just uh, stocked uh, crowbars and whatnot today. So I mean, my my place it, it's pretty big. It says it's sturdy. Um, I I do see a problem with defense. Well, no, we have about let's see one two three four five six. Six truck bays that, I mean, if they were the slow zombies, they'd have trouble climbing up and the doors lock. So that's, you know, get that out of the way. But, yeah, I mean, as far as my my job goes, that is where I would go because, I mean, for me, it's a 15-minute drive, seven miles away. And I, as I said, we have, oh, God, um, battery acid. We have all types of flammable chemicals. Um, first aid. Oh, God, we got plenty of first aid kits in uh, 
in my section alone that I pull in. So, I mean, we have medical supplies, not only the ones for like, you know, if I cut my finger, but I mean, we sell first aid kits, like little red cases that got band-aids and sutures. And so we have that. And let's see. Various other supplies. I mean, we have, um, I mean, we got food in the place, but I mean, they're machines that'll run out after a while. We'd have to go to nearby party stores. What? And, uh, Oh, heck, we got a, a generator also. I mean, we'd have to run, make run gas station every so often at the corner, but we do have, uh, we sell generators, like the short squat ones that you can roll on two wheels. So we have electrical power if need be. How likely do you think it is that you're going to be competing with other survivors for your location? I don't know. Not many people. I don't think people would be sitting there going, oh, gee, I'll go to the, the auto parts warehouse. I mean, it. I, I don't think, because most people are going to be looking for guns and whatnot. I mean, we we don't, <laughs> we don't so Yeah, I'm sure the gun stores are going to be swarmed well, yeah, I mean, by every by by survivors and zombies. Well, yeah, but I mean, as, as I said, my place it, you know, we can you know move heavy stuff in front of the doors that because we have you know several emergency exits around the the warehouse and the bays, we can just you know lock those doors down tightly so that's not a problem uh yeah i think actually i i wouldn't have to worry about a lot of competition i don't think we'd have people flooding to an auto parts warehouse to to get in and and survive it is you got go ahead go ahead okay i was gonna say you, you got some stuff there can be it can be improvised as weapons i mean uh any pipes can be turned into small cannons using uh starter fluid Oh, yeah, yeah, and we have starter fluid. I mean, as I said, um, upstairs on one side of the conveyor, we have an entire... It, it's like a catch-all section. We have everything up there from literally cowbells, or we call them sports bells. I mean, super glue and various types of polishes. And, I mean, we have all sorts of things that we can use, as I said, for incendiary and... If we wanted to throw, you know, acid, you know, we got battery acid, not just in the batteries, but we also sell, I think, quart, gallon, and three-gallon boxes. It, you know, it's like a plastic bag within a cardboard box of battery acid. Yeah, if you armor up the cage around a, uh, a forklift, you also have a, we a weapon to drive through the zombies and slice and then smoosh them or break them up or knock heads off with. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have two high-lows, so, I mean, that's not a problem. Right. And, I mean, if need be, we have an upstairs. My upstairs is grating. I work downstairs on the cement floor, but we have an upstairs, which, I mean, if we had to, you know, a fallback position, we could go upstairs. Yeah. Well, how hard do you think it would be for the zombies to actually get into your location? Well, as I said, we'd have to move some pretty heavy stuff in front of the, like, the emergency exits to where we just had one entrance and exit. But as I said, the six bay doors, you know, because we have semis at back end to, to give us our parts, those could be locked down. The emergency exits, we could just move, like, very large things in front of the doors where you can't get through them. Um, just rearrange the pallets of materials into an interior wall. Oh, yeah, that too. We've got, um, you know, we have racks kind of like at, you know, a, a, a warehouse store, you know, like Sam's Club or something. So we could just take the stuff off there, you know, put a, a pallet of floor dry in front of a, 
a door nobody's getting through. You can't shoot through. You can't just shoot through and, you know, kick the door down because that's several hundred pounds, if not a thousand pounds of bags of floor dry on a pallet. You're not going to get through if you move that in front of a door. Well, couldn't they pound on the door until the, until the hinges give? Well, yeah, but even then they still can't get through, you know, the pallet of floor dry that's in the way. Does it stack up that high? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we, I, I, I see, I hear pallet of floor dry. I don't know how high it is. Uh, oh, God. Just one, let's see. 80, ba- oh, well, definitely taller than a human being, so you could put it in front of a door and it block the entire oh, door. Oh, good, good. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I see. That's 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 very helpful to know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm speaking, I'm speaking from, from an insider's experience. experience here. I got to explain, explain all things. things are. It's, um, it's a door on a facility, so it opens outward. So pounding on it, you're actually forcing the door more closed. Well, yeah. Well, well yeah. yeah. You could still. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking zombies. They got lots of time. They got a lot of force <laughs> behind them because there's more zombies behind them. So in addition to pounding on the door, they're also pushing on the door. Yeah, these are, so they yeah, could these bend the door all- in. Yeah, are the doors made out of steel? Uh, yeah, the the garage doors are made out of wood. But as I said, we can just put things in front of those. But the all the emergency exits are steel doors. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Questions? Uh, yes. If zombies are pressed up against the doors, and zombies behind them are pressed up against those zombies in a large group effort to open the door, and we there's. I guess an, a general assumption that zombies are stronger than people. No, That's the experience not, that I generally. Well, they're not worried about they're not they're not worried about pain. So technically, they are stronger because they're, they're not worried about pain. Okay, well, but and they don't by get that tired. logic, yeah. By that logic, wouldn't the zombies dwindle their own numbers by? accidentally killing the zombies that are in front of them? Sure, but we're talking about a, a fraction of humanity left and a huge, huge, huge number of zombies. So the winnowing process is going to be, you know, going to have to be considerable before it really makes any real dent. Uh, I was just finishing reading the second book in the Day by Day Armageddon series, and in that he postulated that there were hordes of up to 500,000 zombies swarming about the southern coast of uh, the United States. Ah, Ooh, zombies a go go. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to figure out what else. Somebody's got to go to the beaches after all that oil. I'm trying to recall if there's anything else that we could do. We have the acid, we have flammables, we got blunt instruments, not only crowbars, but, well, exhaust pipes. A two or three foot long exhaust pipe makes a pretty decent blunt weapon. Um, how, how tall is your building? Well, it's at least a two story building because we have the upstairs, the grating, so. Yeah. yeah. What, um, and, uh, an idea that I had, and I'll. I'll, I'll you know, basically, I would t- talk about it during my particular thing. But you know, when I looked at these, uh, especially the Dawn of the Dead uh, movie, I looked at it and I said, you know, these guys are in here for months, but they don't do anything at all to try to reduce the number of zombies that are outside. And it just seemed to me that a large blunt object, preferably somewhat pointed on the end, attached to a winch of some kind or even a simple cabling system, that you just go over the edge, you call the zombies over, you drop it straight down, it basically smashes to their brain, you pull it back up, you drop it again and again and again and again and again, (laughs) you could go through a couple hundred thousand zombies in the amount of time that the movie takes place. 
But what are yeah. you going to do with all those corpses? Well, They're eventually, gonna start piling eventually up. you're going to have to move further down the building because, yeah, you don't want to get them up. You don't want to get the pile up so high that they could manage to somehow clamber up onto the rooftop. No. But, yeah, you'd have to move along. <laughs> so re reposition every so often. But it seemed to me like a better solution than to just assume that, that someday you might want to leave this place and, and they'd still be out there and just leave that leave it as it goes. Yeah. But Trav here with this two-story building, I was just wondering if that would be high enough to set up that kind of a uh, solution effectively. Oh, hell, you can probably set up an engine block on a pendulum and just go right through them like that. I don't know. I mean, I mean it has to be something that's going to be doable, you know. I mean, engine, I mean, I don't, I mean, maybe you're talking about a lightweight aluminum engine block, but. And it, and it sucks because we stopped selling engines. Our Grand Rapids DC, if we want an engine, we got to order it from the Grand Rapids DC, not the one. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. But I, I'm sure that if you put a cluster of, uh, of of filled paint cans together, let's say, you know, and drop them right down on somebody's head, you could probably. Oh yeah, because yeah, that's my section there. I I'm the one with the gallons of paint cans. So yeah, I I'd be all over. It's like do this. Why? Trust yeah. me. Work. Yeah, just, well, sna just snap their necks, and even if they're not dead, they're not moving. Because their legs don't work anymore. Yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to think of any... I'm, and I'm sitting there doing a mental list of all the stuff that we have that I could... Okay, we can do this and this and this. Um, do you got transmissions? Uh, no, uh, no. No. What's the heaviest single, single, uh, single items you have? Well, as, well, as I, I said, said, we have... As, as I, I said, said, we got, got crowbars, we got exhaust pipes, we have... Oh, heck, I could pick a drag link as part of like suspension. Do you, uh, have, do you get rims? Uh, we have actually like brake drums and rotors and like truck brake drums. Ooh. If we could get something going on that, yeah, that would. I got a plan. I got a plan. Okay. All right, you got a big roll-up door, right? You've got a you've got a forklift. You got all those pallets of material. So basically, you take and you build a wall inside of your facility that surrounds one of those roll-up doors. And then you open it up, you let in 15 or 20 of them, then you close the roll-up door, smash all those, and you just rinse, lather, repeat, reducing the number <laughs> of zombies that are outside. Yeah, I just have you roll it up, let a couple in, close it. The interior wall doesn't let them into your space. They're just milling around in a little corral made out of pallets. Yeah. Meanwhile, you're up upstairs with your uh, with your uh, brake drum yo-yos going wing bap wing bap. I got one. Oh, and we have chain too. We've got chain. We've got rope. Yeah. Oh yeah, I got. Uh, so I so I take some gears, and I take some bolts, and I take some chain, and I make flails. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to yeah because we have uh, basically it's a, a bucket that we would have a five gallon of oil. But we get like 250 feet of chain. Those could be used as a decent pendulum because I can barely pick those up. I need a two-wheel dolly to move those around. Actually, Travis, now think about it. You guys are an auto parts store. Do you actually have an engine lifter? Engine lift. Um, no, but as I said, we have a couple. We have a couple high loads. We, oh no, no, we do have um, like engine cranes. Like, I mean, like the reason why I bring this up is because in your parking lot, it's going to be a bunch of cars. No one's going to be driving anymore. There's your engine block. Yeah. Oh, God, that's right. Yeah. If, you, if you want to go out there and get it. <laughs> well, yeah, because we do have um, one uh, engine bay that we can drive right in. All the rest are, you know, like semis and everything. But we have one that 
we can drive things right in through the into the warehouse itself. So yeah, if we wanted to do the engine block thing, yeah, we could just get the car and bring it in. Because we got a back parking lot, and then we got one that, you know, the cars are right there for, like, the office people. Yeah, that's real close. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. but your, your facility isn't really set up for people, though. So where's everybody going to sleep? Well, I, no, I, that's not the big question. Here, oh, right? let, let, let Paul answer Paul's question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we do have uh, bathrooms that are, like, you know, very secluded, and they're, they're, they're one entrance in and out, so we'd have to, you know, like... At the bat, you know, in the bathrooms. I mean, that's where we go if there's like a bad tornado because there's no exterior windows. Um, they're there where you gotta. Uh, the women's room actually has two doors, like an antechamber, and then into the bathroom proper. And the men's bathroom in the warehouse, you gotta like go like weave around kind of. So they're both easily defendable if if we had to, you know, crash there. How, how you, right, how, but I'm just thinking like, you know, day-to-day -day living because, you know, zombie apocalypse, everything stops working. The, there's no moral and girl electricity because there's nobody to run the power plant. Well, there's we no have, water because said, nobody's running the there, treatment. There is a gas station nearby, and we actually do sell generators. So we have when, – when our power goes out, we need to keep a generator running because I have a scan gun, and the computer that I get my orders from on my scan gun – once power goes out, that's a 45-minute battery on that computer. We have to hook up a generator to keep that computer going so we can still pull our parts, even though we have no power. And, I mean, I've had to pull with my scan gun in one hand and a flashlight in the other or, you know, like uh, one of those uh, headband lamps. So, yeah, I've, we've had to deal with power outages before. How are you? How uh, about you make sure you have a lot of gasoline? Well, yeah, as I see, we've got got a couple of gas stations pip i don't know if you know the area e-course between middle belt and merriman there's a gas station at middle belt and merriman so it may it'd be a bit of a walk or a drive but yeah we could get gas yeah. how are you set up for storing water hmm well i mean we've got plenty of uh uh like plastic gas cans so we could get water and just store them in those yeah the big two and three gallon you know gas cans the plastic ones right and we do have metal ones too when we all go get gas. I mean, as I said, we got about six million dollars of inventory in that warehouse. So I mean, we have plenty of different things that we could, you know, cannibalize and use for defense and oh, water storage. Spe speaking of speaking of cannibalization, at what point when you run out of food do the bodies outside look start looking yummy? Well, I don't know. That I'd, I'd have to be a pretty hungry son of a gun in order to be doing that, and also. How long are the M&M's and uh, snack foods going to last, you guys? Uh, as I said, we also have a couple of, like, party stores and whatnot within five minutes of, of the area. So, I right. mean, those we'd have to do the fighting for, but... So, so how many people do you think you would have in your group? Oh, God. Uh... Well, I think we got about 50 employees at work. Yeah, there. I mean, let's, let's assume, Trav, that you're the guy who realizes that the zombie apocalypse is happening and you have the idea of rallying up at the, uh, at the auto parts store. Who are you going to call? How many people do you think are going to show up? Just, just as a general I, I, number. I would, I would say, say at the at most, most maybe, maybe 20, 20 if they realize to go, to go there, there because, because stuff's, stuff's there. there. So if you have 20 people... Uh, looking around your surrounding area, how long do you think you can last in your auto store before you're going to have to seriously s go some f some real distance foraging? 
I'd probably say a couple of weeks we could, you know, okay. manage because, as I said, we got, you know, a party store not all far away and we, you know, can get water and, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we could last a couple of weeks there. Okay. All right. That's, it's a good start. Yeah. It's, yeah. 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 Because you know, if, if the biggest problems, you know, the the big, I think the biggest problems with survivors being dangerous is going to happen within in the first couple of weeks. You know. Yeah, is the immediate breakdown of society. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Before on a grocery street. store has three days worth of food in it. For whom? In general purposes, I mean, a, for, a grocery store has about, has about three has about three days worth of food, and your average home has. I mean, how, for how many? Days but for how many people? What does that equate to? Uh, the typical number of customers. We're talking about 500 people. I'm, I'm guessing. I, don't, I mean, I'm asking. I have no idea. So yeah, basically 1,500 meals is what you're saying. Approximately, yeah. 500. Is that 15,000? I think that's 15,000. Is it 30? No, three days. You said three days. So yes, yeah, 1,500 meals. So not much. You got to find a distribution center. <laughs> Every grocery store chain has a distribution center where... Yeah. Stuff is brought in from the factory, and then it's broken down and put arranged on pallets and goes to the grocery stores, because we have that just-in-time delivery system. Right, but if you have if you have fifteen hundred meals and you only have twenty people, oh, you have fifteen hundred meals when the panic starts. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying though, is it? But a grocery store could theoretically feed people for seventy-five meals. That's and that's twenty-five days. Assuming that only twenty people are getting food from that grocery store. Just, 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 just doing the math. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a lot less than you think. I agree. You know, you definitely would like to go someplace where there's lots and lots more food. All right. Costco. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've told people before that you know if if it if I knew ahead of time that the zombie apocalypse was coming, I would get in my car with my family and I would go to my to to our uh, my sister in law who owns the biggest <laughs> the biggest fruit and vegetable farm in Michigan. And that's where I would stay. <laughs> and we would oh. just do it. Just, I figured that I'm probably going to eat. <laughs> yeah. I might get eaten, but I'm going to eat. You know, and so. I had to, I had to say, I know a few Mormon friends, so no problem there either. Yeah. Well, you know, even so, they, they, have, they have food. Supposedly they have food for six months or, or 18, a year. But, you know, it's, that's, that's really not practiced as much by the, the Church of the Latter-day Saints anymore. Though I had their literature when I was, you know, going there to see what they were all about. I don't know. We got a really active cannery here in Denver. Yeah. If you don't know this, the LDS Church runs a series of canneries. You can look them up um, where the members can come in and package their own number 10 cans, their own number two and a half cans of of stuff they've grown themselves, or they can stuff that the, the church has done group buys on, and then people come in and for, for doing work canning, they get a percentage, and a lot of the stuff that's canned goes to charity. All right, so uh, thanks, Trav. Uh, yeah. Paul, you wanted to do the next one? Yeah, I was going to go with that cliched fallacy, the cabin in the woods. So, like, any is uh, how far away from an urban area are we talking about? Minimum one tank of gas. Okay, so about four hundred miles. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna throw the family in the truckster, and you're gonna get out of Dodge. You're somehow you're going to evade the hordes. You're going to get through the traffic jams over the river, through the woods, and you're gonna make it further than one tank of gas to your 
isolated cabin in the woods where you're going to ride out the zombie apocalypse because you had the forethought to stockpile food and water and the means to replenish it. Wow, well, that's 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 uh, that's a lot of good planning. <laughs> and there really is people out there doing uh, that, I know, I know. and I applaud them for yeah. it. Is that is that? Are you one of those? Uh, no, I don't have the financial means for oh, it. Okay, <laughs> so, I would. So you're going to have to take you're going to have to take somebody else's away from them, aren't you? You know, one of the fallacies is that you're going to arrive and somebody else isn't already living in it. Yeah. The UPS guy who's been delivering your pallets of food and ammunition didn't say, you know, I know where this house is that's got great big piles of food and ammunition in it, and he's already there. Yeah. So you might, you might but see, that's where you get, to, that's where your negotiation skills come in. You know, UPS guy, I have no problem you staying here. You need me to because I, you know, I know I'm the one who planned all this, so I've got, you know, it all figured out, and we need you for, you know, for heavy truck lifting and stuff like that. We need a community, so you, we can work together on this. We don't just have to be just you and me, you know, you or me. Yeah, that's one of the other reasons it doesn't work is because it's a lone individual. And, you know, you've brought your wife, your kids, but everybody can't stay up 24-7 on guard duty in addition to doing the chores, and, you know. Yeah, that's why I like Trav's idea of about 20 people. 20 people is a pretty good number for a small group that can actually survive. Uh, I'm sure you need more. Probably 100 is a much better number because there's because as time goes on, there's definitely going to be some winnowing that goes on. Watch any zombie film, read any zombie book. There's... There, yeah, they not they don't all survive from the beginning to the end. So it's got plenty of cons going for right. it because again, you're far from the city, so you're great from the great numbers of hordes. You know, that's a con. It's gonna take. I'm sorry, I'm I meant pros. Oh, okay. There's a great number of pros going for it. <laughs> you're far out from the city, so you don't have the great hordes of the undead rolling over you. You don't have the you don't have survivors leading them right to your house. You're out there away. You've probably set yourself up for water. So water's not an issue. You just go out and pump the well. More building material surrounds you. You, you can bring down trees, bring them in, and start building a, a stockade around your home like it was a frontier fort from 300 years ago. Mm-hmm. You've probably that's, got that's some That's a heck animals. of a lot of work. I think, you'd be, I think if you started doing that, you'd be attracting a lot of attention. That's the joy of living far, far well, you, away. But nobody's that remote unless we're talking about the middle of the desert. Not when you start using power tools. When you start using like noisy power tools and ch- you know uh, chainsawing down you know, things, the zombies within a mile because there's no other there's no other industrial sounds anymore. Okay, the zombie apocalypse has happened. Planes aren't flying overhead probably. You know, cars aren't driving down the road. So when someone starts pulls open a chainsaw or starts pounding in nails. You know, uh, or using you know like whatever means that's necessary for quickly building that palisade around your your house that you're talking about. That's going to start attracting a ton of attention. That's why you make diversions. Well, le- let's hear about it. What kind of diversion would you make while this is going on? Um, bells, I think, would be something adequate. If you had some means, either by use of a generator or really long strings, if you could get yourself a large collection of bells, you could direct attention to 
wherever the sound is being created and you'll know that you have a certain amount of time before things start wandering back towards you. So how long, do you, how far away from your primary location would you set up your diversion, Amber? I would make sure that I would able to hear it myself. So more bells, I think, would be more beneficial. But without industrial sounds, I think sounds would also travel further because there's not so much white noise. So what do you think? Give me a, give me a I guess. I would say like a mile. Okay. So you'd set up some kind of a sound effect uh, about a mile from your cabin, uh, Paul's cabin here, to distract. So while you're like using the chainsaw and stuff like that, they're hearing, you know, in the God of the Vita or bells or whatever else you might want to use to uh, distract them over to that location. Yeah, even if it's just a, a stereo set to the max volume with a whole bunch of extension cords leading up to your generator, let it play for five minutes and you have a pretty good assurance that anything within hearing distance of it is going to say, well, what's that? Yeah. And start wandering towards well, it. Well, I, I, I disagree with you there, Amber. I think that you'd want it to be playing the entire time that you were using power tools and things like that so that they would, they would be attracted to that versus hearing for five minutes, moving that direction. And then when they hear your power tools going off, diverting back, you know, I, I th play Pied Piper. Yeah. Well, but just keep keeping the cluster, the main cluster of them, a mile, at least a mile away from you at all times, I think is, is a, is a good idea. I think it's a good idea, Amber. Yeah. Actually, if you can find a solar powered, uh, CD player or something like that, or rig up, rig one up, just let a continuous play and put up in a tree where they can't get at it. And it keeps playing the music, and it's powered by the sun, and you don't have to worry about the batteries running out at that point. It turns on in the morning, it stays on all day long, and then it turns off at the light when the sun goes down. So you're not going to be working past dark anyway. Yeah, but you might get really irritated at the same song playing over and over. Let's hope you got it set to a good radio station, unless <laughs> those have gone out too. They have. That's what, that's what's a CD no, that, player. That's where I would go and, and set up something a couple of miles out. Where yeah. you know you just create a perimeter around your location and have those things going, so they never come towards you. They're always coming toward this thing in the distance, away from you. Yeah. Decorate yeah. a forest with wind chimes. Well, yeah. They... Actually, Paul, since you live near Denver, you, you, I think since you live near Denver now, I mean, heck, just going over the Rocky Mountains would take care of most of the zombies. They're not getting over the mountains. You know. More than half the state lives in the Denver metro area. Yeah. I would actually head for the Four Corners region. It's it's sparsely populated and it's it's mm -hmm. it's pretty. As far nice. as I know, uh, John, the, you know, the Rocky Mountains still has passes, and they've got yeah, big six but, lane highways going through them. Yeah, but it's an awful long way to go, and you're not sure there's going to be a meal at the end. No, of that's it. what we were talking about. Where you know. I mean, it depends on the zombies, because if the zombies actually have to eat, yeah, that's a problem. But if the zombies just are hungry, then you can run, then you get in all kinds of trouble with that 500,000 strong, you know, super zombie horde that might be spilling around the country from here and there. Uh, so, Paul, uh, your cabin in the woods, uh, how, you know, is, let's say the zombies do find it. You know, how, how resistant is it going to be toward them getting inside? A log structure would be pretty resistant. 
logs are a, a unibody structure that where the joints tied into each other, so you can't really push down a wall. So as long as the doors and windows remain barricaded, it's pretty darn difficult to get inside. Okay. Even, you know, they're just going to beat their fists to pulp. Or downside, you're stuck inside and there's 500,000 zombies yeah. outside. You have to listen to that day in, day out. Earplugs. <laughs> All right. Brains. So, so yeah, so you've got a cabin. So what do you think is the maximum size that your particular little uh, 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 group can be? Six to six eight. eight. Okay. So the UPA? I would say six to eight adults. Then you can pile on some children. Yeah. And probably, you know, more children will be born. Everybody gets bored, yeah. yes. <laughs> Honey, I can't sleep. There's zombies outside. What, again? <laughs> Thank you for listening to part one of Surviving the Zombie Holocaust. Part two will be up soon, so keep in touch and watch out for those zombies. Yo, brothers, this was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker. You best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts. Cause we're some bad mothers.